2: encouraging younger generations, and in building self-esteem for future entrepreneurs. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch here on WWDB, Talk860, and watch.net I am thrilled today. As you all know, I'd love to have people with me in the studio live so that I can see their beautiful faces as opposed to the call-in. So my guest this afternoon is with me in the studio. And uh, before we get started, I just want to give our call-in number if you're listening and you'd like to call the show and speak directly to our guest. That number is 888-329-3306. That's 888-329-3306. Uh, And also, be sure to check out our brand new website at womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two watch.net. So, today I have with me uh, a woman who has a very interesting company. Uh, Her name is Mina Fees. She is the founder and CEO of Synergy Design and Construction. And I should mention her husband's here as well, he's her uh, partner in crime. <laughs> Mina, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. It's very nice of you to come up from Virginia to be with us this afternoon, yeah, so I'm very fun. grateful. Uh, and the weather's not too, too bad. I think we're going to get messy tomorrow, maybe when you're heading back. Yeah, I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just so I um, give the listeners a, a little bit of understanding about your background, it really was an untraditional background, um, to say the least. And um, reading and uh, trying to prepare for the show and and reading about you and your bio, I found it so interesting that um, your mom in particular exposed you to some interesting things, more than just kind of growing up in one town and staying there forever. um, You uh, traveled around a lot. And uh, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about what those years were like, and and what kind of has stayed with you and and shaped um, who you are, and why you decided to to launch this company. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So um, in the early years, so my mom was a hippie, and uh, she actually was at Woodstock nine months before I popped out. So we we uh, we kind of hit the ground running with her being a free spirit, and really. Um, kind of being a pioneer of trying to figure and find out her own way um, as we moved around. So I was born in California, but... Before the age of nine, I lived in eight different places. So we just, wow. you know, I remember her having many jobs, either a waitress or a phone operator back then, um, uh, lots of different jobs. And then and moving around from one place to another, I remember living on a hippie compound on the top of, uh, uh, on, in a dome house with other hippies, like a kind of a commune type of thing. Wow. So a lot of different things that I was exposed to. And then eventually fa- she found her love, which was long-haul truck driving, believe it or not. Very unusual. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> Did she find that because she fell in love with a a long haul truck driver? No,
0: no, she, I don't know how she she came upon it, but she loved it and she actually had another uh, friend that was a partner and they would ride long, you know, when I say long haul is from east to west coast back and forth. So um, that's where a little bit more stability happened where I would actually live in these homes with uh, other trucker kids. So I lived in Oklahoma, then I lived in Missouri, um, and then she would, you know, visit me as she was coming back into town.
2: Wow. Okay, so what were, as far as schooling and education, education. Mm -hmm. How was that happening for you?
0: So I went to public schools wherever we were. um, And then in the fourth grade is when um, I actually was in three different fourth grades. So it started in Oklahoma. Then she had um, found the love of her life and actually got engaged. So I moved in with his mother in Missouri. And then unfortunately, she had a trucking accident and passed. Mm -hmm. So I remember being woken up in the middle of the night and being put on a plane, and then I landed here or landed into Springfield, Virginia, and um, my grandparents were there and let me know what had happened, and then I lived with them from from then on.
2: From then on. Wow. You know, um, when we talk about um, being young and moving around from place to place – that's hard, yes. right, adjusting as a child. Mm-hmm. But then to lose your mom, you know, at such a young age, and, and I would say that's kind of a pivotal age, nine, mm-hmm. you know, just before um, we're supposed to be becoming young ladies. Tell me what, um, what you did to cope with that. What, what was it that kind of sustained you other than, you know, fortunately having your grandparents in your life, but you had no siblings? No. So there must have been, you know, a real sense of, of loneliness for there you. There was.
0: There was. And I, I, I don't know if it's hereditary or whatever because I found out later that my, my grandmother did this and my mom also um, as far as I wrote a lot in my journal. I wrote, ended up writing poetry that got me really through it. Music was a big thing for me, so I would love to get records. <laughs> I'm dating myself, but getting records and, and listening and, and learning music, so I'd lose myself in that. And then I really loved my room, you know, and I remember even moving around all those different places. There was something about just being able to go in and close the door and feeling safe and secure to, like I said, write, cry, let those lonely emotions out however they came out. Um, But it was always, I think that's what really helped me get through that portions. I knew I had a safe place to land with my grandmother.
2: Yeah. And so creating that spot, you know, that you talk about, I think is so, that'll resonate with a lot of people. I think, especially young girls, we like to go in and close the door and just, you know, be alone and and without all the distractions. Um, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but do you have a favorite spot today that you go to kind of reflect?
0: I do. I do. I have a... um, I kind of call it an altar. I like to meditate. So it's just a very low um, piece of furniture where I have everything from a Buddha to Native American things to my mother's uh, uh, Jesus praying hands um, portrait. So I have a lot of different Um, spiritual things that are around that I just like to sit and and meditate or sit there and read a book or write a poem. Sometimes I'll just wake up in the middle of the night and just feel like I have to say something and we'll write a poem and it just kind of comes pouring out of me. So I have that safe spot that that I like to go to and you're right. And I don't mean to jump ahead as well, but like you, you mentioned that as little girls, we we know that we kind of um want that safe spot but i think as we age we tend to get away from that and when mm-hmm. I, whenever i work with people um and in their homes i'm always like so where's your spot we talk a lot about the man cave but where's your spot as a woman as as you have kids and all these things coming at you where do you get to
2: recharge so yeah no yeah. i think it's important it yeah. really is a, a space has um a very strong effect on People when they need to just you know recharge that we use that word all the time but it's so true to mm-hmm. step away from the the madness you know every day and have a little bit of quiet. Yeah, um, I, I read that you always felt you had a deep rooted spirituality mm-hmm. and energy as you describe it. Mm-hmm. When did that become apparent to you?
0: I think. Growing up, my grandmother was very um, very involved in her church. She was a Methodist, um, or you know, she was very involved with the Methodist church. And although I didn't go there with her a lot, I knew that there was, you know, like I said, there were crosses in our house. And that, so there was a spirituality piece to that. And I think when I got into my 20s, I um, was introduced to meditation and yoga, and it just all of a sudden kind of hit me in that this was a way, any time I was around and just quieted my mind and sat down, or if I did yoga or whatever it might be, I felt more connected and I could help get rid of that mind chatter a little bit. So I would say when I really realized that, hey, this is a path and this is something I want to learn more and more about, if it's Buddhism or whatever it is, and really go on that quest, it started really in my 20s.
2: Okay. And how about you know, going back for a second, mm-hmm. your mom, did she introduce you to any uh religion, any, you know, standard religion, or what were her beliefs and what was her spirituality based in? It's
0: interesting. I think because we didn't have that much contact, it's not like we woke up every day and had breakfast together because of her, her um her career choice. Mm-hmm. I think some of it came through osmosis. So years later, she she had uh, three brothers. So and the youngest uncle I'm clo- very close to, um, close to all of them. But um, and he told I said something about. Uh, the Baha'i faith or something. There was uh, We w- drove by this building and it, I don't know anything about it, but I said something about the Baha'i faith. He's like, your mom was really into that. And so we what got in this conversation. I still don't know. Oh, I need don't... to really look into it. Yeah. But, um, but he was like, your mother was always very spiritual, always looking at like a uh, larger picture of who we are as humans and how do we evolve. And that that, that was a quest that she was always on. Mm-hmm. So although I wasn't exposed to it where I was aware of it at that young age, apparently that that's, that's what kind of came through yeah, so i don't know it's how much kinda, of that's in serenitary. your dna yeah. and of
2: course I would love to do a whole show on your mom you know i always want to go back to the beginning you know yeah. where what what was your mom's life like that that led her to have that kind yeah. of life? and did you ever know your grandparents
0: uh well, my grand, yeah, so and I was raised parents. yeah, I was oh, raised yes, by yes, her. Parents. I'm sorry no, I did fine. Yeah. yeah, no, I ended up actually uh growing up in her room, going to the same schools. I even wow. had a teacher that oh. had taught her, so yeah. it was it was interesting that <laughs> is, and
2: that was a connection to her for you, yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, um you know for anyone who's listening, they're probably wondering why we're talking about all of this um in in reference to your work and your mm-hmm. company and what you do, and it you, synergy design and construction really is about creating spaces that people feel. At peace. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that um, I read is that you feel that when we're able to do that, um, that old cliche of be the change you wish to see in the world, it allows you to do that. Because if you can have a place that is away from your work or away from even family and friends that have, you know, um, uh, expectations of you, I'll say. Yes. Right? It allows you to be more thoughtful. I wanted to ask you, what is the change you would like to see in the world? In addition to what you hope to do for your clients, is there something you would like to see?
0: Well, and that's why I was so excited to be here with you, Susan, because it's really, for me, the change that this world is really crying for is women in leadership and really finding their voice and finding, I know we talked about recharge um, earlier, but it's it's finding that energetic rhythm that allows them to to be the best that they can be and be on and step out onto those, those larger stages and help more people, but then also be able to um, restore themselves and feel connected at home or however that is, because you can't just put yourself out there all the time, Out the, all the time. You end up running out of gas and you, right. you can't help We're the others human. around us. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the be, being the change in the world is just seeing more, more women in the political spectrum, more women CEOs, and just really um, – Having a bigger balance of that energy, male and female energy in the world, I think is what really shifts us and elevates us as a human race.
2: Yeah. And let's talk about why, the, you know, your husband is sitting here beside you. Mm-hmm. And w- so. He probably knows this show is not about anti-men. No, not at all. At all. not at um, all. <laughs> so, tell me just you know how do you describe the value in bringing a man and a woman together? In other words, you know the gifts that women have and the gifts that men have are so much more powerful when we're collaborating. Yes, it's exactly. It's not one better than the other. Exactly. Uh,
0: you know that's it's, you know my husband and I work together, mm-hmm. and people wonder about that a lot. And uh, you know how to how to how do you not step on each other's toes or whatever? And I think there is a balance. So there's, you know, I might be more right brain and creative and um, love being out on stage and being the face of our company, and he really loves the more methodical, practical side. And so he really compliments my skills and i compliment his skills mm-hmm. so we don't we don't he does everything the easiest way i say it is he does everything i can't stand and vice versa yeah, you know yeah, yeah. so when we use that energy of male or female and and marry that with our skill sets then we're just all better together so yeah. so you're absolutely right it's not about women being um better than men or anything like that it's just having more of a balance of that skill set and that energy that we both bring and really um honoring what we're both bringing to the table.
2: Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love that. I love yeah. that word because it can be such a tremendous partnership mm-hmm. when you um, respect and acknowledge the gifts in the other. Exactly. Right? It really is, rather yeah. than try to fight it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to know the what, what was happening in the moment where you decided that what you would like to do to help people uh, with design and construction when you had this idea that it could be a business and a company for you. Yeah, it it
0: kind of happened... organically. So I was working for a friend of mine at a design build firm. So he owned a, a basement remodeling firm and he had brought me on to be the salesperson. So I was working with a designer that he had on staff and then I would go out and meet with the homeowners. And, and I swear when I was there for about a week, I was like, Oh my God, this is what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life. Like it just hit me. I think it hit me in a, a gut and a, an in intuitive level that I didn't really trace back into my earlier upbringing that we just talked about. Oh, okay. But now I see that thread. I just know that I was working for him. I was like, oh, my God, this is what I have to do. So when I got into that remodeling business with him or, you know, started working for him, I saw how many homeowners would wait. Like, they would finally call. they like, we've been thinking about remodeling for 10 years. We're finally ready to do it, you know. And so they were putting up with homes in their in spaces it didn't work for them and their family for way too long before they'd even start the process. And then even when they'd come to us, they were so scared, scared. They didn't know what was going to happen or could they trust us. And so there was just a lot of fear in this industry. So that really struck me. And then it was 2007, 2008, and unfortunately the economy, as we know,
2: right. uh, went
0: down very quickly, and my friend's company didn't make it. Oh. And I just knew in that moment there was nothing else I could do. Like, it was, I was like, I can't go work and do a different career. Like, we, there's a lot of people out there that need help. So I tapped my husband, uh, Mark, on the shoulder. We'd been married for three months.
2: Oh, and, okay. Uh, so
0: I say he was in the honeymoon phase. He's like, sure, honey, that sounds like <laughs> a great idea. Whatever
2: you want. <laughs>
0: So it was it was a crazy time. We got married. We started the business, and we moved my my 91-year-old grandmother in with us and oh became her gosh. caretaker. So oh, wow. it was just, you know, it was just what needed to be served. So she needed to be served. I knew homeowners out there needed to be served. And I knew coming at it from a customer service um, aspect and how people would be going through the renovation, how can we take the fear and the mystery out of everything, that was really my passion. And I was like, this isn't rocket science. It's good design, you know, professional project management it shouldn't it should doesn't have to be a scary process. How can we help better the industry? So that's really what propelled us to start.
2: And what year was that two thousand eight. Oh, it was in two thousand eight. Yeah. Did you have a sense in your mind that People, more people would be interested in remodeling rather than selling and, and buying new homes?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Because the housing crisis and everything that had happened, a lot of people were saying, okay, we're going to stay here. We're not going to try to, you know, the whole sell the house and buy McMansion and move up and move up. That was starting to shift. So we knew that people were in homes and they might be looking, maybe the remodeling would be smaller or whatever it might be, but th- there were still people that were in homes that weren't working for their family and the likelihood of them moving at that time um, was greatly diminished. So so we knew that there was an opportunity there.
2: Yeah. Now, when you were thinking about this, and you, you just decided we're just going to start our own business, yeah. Um, what were you thinking was going to set you apart from other designers? Mm. What was was it that piece of creating a space um, outside of the design and the construction alone, the idea about creating these kind of safe havens? Was that what you felt was going to set you apart? I'll be honest. um, When we first started, that wasn't really there for me. Um,
0: I hadn't made that connection, um, like, at that deeper, visceral level. It was more about, hey, homeowners need help. We know how to bring a professionalism and a customer experience. And, you know, we were thinking through the end result as far as how's a client, not just, okay, how we're going to do their kitchen. You know, that's easy. How are they going to experience going through the renovation? So, how can we set up a temporary kitchen in another room of their house and bring some induction burners so they can make some spaghetti for their kids? Or how are they going to experience the process of going through a renovation? You know, the renovation piece is is pretty cut and dry. Good design, project management—that's great. But how can the homeowner actually enjoy and have mm. fun, like you see on HGTV?
1: Yeah, right. But that's
0: not in the real world. That's so, right. how could we marry those two worlds? So, um, that piece definitely came later. When m- the more I found my voice and really realizing that connection to um, the energy behind renovations and seeing how clients were just lit up you know at the end of the renovation and the the special little things we started to put into the uh, to the process as far as um, we we now love to do this thing called an intention painting so uh, when we're about to do the first po- paint uh, coat of paint, we'll have them and their family think through a word or a phrase, some some intention that they're creating the space for. So let's say they're working on their living room or they're doing an addition or something. And we have them write on the wall those intentions and then we put the paint right over it so oh, only they know it's stamped yeah, there. Yeah, that's very cool. But I it's like a that. great conversation starter. It, you know, they get talking to the kids and you know, what's your intention? And yeah. you know, we've even had like little toddlers just make their mark on the wall. like <laughs> You know, so
2: you can <laughs> yeah, have yeah, a lot like of fun Yeah, it's like the mark in the it. concrete. You put your initials exactly. but that's kind of neat because you always know it's there but no one else does
0: yeah so we've, we've really incorporated that more into it in the later years but when we first started quite frankly I mean it was 2008 it was like how do we get this company to, to be profitable that's how do right. we help the most people how can we really perfect our processes and once that was done then we were able to really put in that heartfelt and that energetic that interior alignment piece
2: who was your very first client
0: Well, that's what's funny. So we were working when I was with the other company. Uh, We were in the middle of a uh, basement renovation in Washington, D.C. This is when we still did work in Washington, D.C. We're now uh, strictly in northern Virginia. Mm -hmm. Um, But... We were in the middle of a a renovation, and he kind of shut his doors. I couldn't get him on the phone, the the person I was working for. So I just kind of jumped in, sat down with the the clients, and said, okay, so this is where we're at, and I'm going to make this happen. We're going to get you to the finish line. And they were just like, okay, thank you for being straight, and and we just – you know, so worked you, oh, through it, so I just kind of took o- yeah. over. Oh, that's great! And then they referred us to their best friends, and then that project got um, chosen to be on an HGTV a, a show called Bang for Your Buck. So that you know, so there was just this ramp of um, great publicity and um, and recognition and referrals from people that we worked with. They really got our heart.
2: Mm-hmm. So then
0: they loved to to refer us. They're still very good friends to this day. We go out to dinner with them, and that yeah. actually happens with a lot of our clients. Yeah, that's nice.
2: <laughs> yeah. So do you have aspirations? to continue, you know, implementing some media um, into your business? Because there are a lot of shows out there and, and personality types that are Um, They get a lot of exposure from, you know, doing media around the work that they do because so many people are interested in it, I think, today more than ever.
0: Yes, yes. No, it's a love of mine. The more I can reach out and share things like intention painting, what anybody could do, you can do that DIY or little things of how how you can really create the safe space that you want and that really uh, um, invigorates your family. If that's more media, absolutely. I've had people say, oh, my God, with your mom being a truck driver and you could be, like, on the road where you get in a truck and you go in and you come in and, and, you know, help somebody get through a renovation, you know. So there's all – I've had a couple ideas. Yeah. So who knows where it'll end up. Well,
2: listen, I'm all about the story. And I think, you know, it is so often you can create – first of all, it's interesting to me that you learned so much about yourself from starting this business. Right? Yeah. So something was pulling you towards it. And then you, you said, oh, it's connected to when I was young, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I had my space, and it's where I wanted to be, and I felt good. Yes. I, I think that's so interesting. And um, so if you can bring that, that you know, you always start at the beginning with someone's story, right? That's mm-hmm. that's very interesting what your story was as a young girl it probably can be a part of the work that you do today something else to think about him getting off track no but I love it yeah (laughs) so um I wanted to know um working with Mark is as many people work with their spouse and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how do you what's your philosophy for making it
0: work It's really having open lines of communication and really respecting uh, different skill sets that we have. And I I know I touched on that earlier, but there's even a book that we've recently read that's really made a difference for us as well, and it's called Rocket Fuel. And it's, it's really about how most great corporations or great partnerships out there have kind of a visionary and then also an integrator. So really getting that when we when we saw that I'm like oh you're the integrator and for a visionary sometimes I'd come in with this brand new idea and I'm like so excited and he'd be like well I don't know if we have the funds for that right. like you know like, <laughs> when are we going to implement that that's we've got right. the, you know like all the practical and I'd be like yeah. you know like, no we are just going to do it right. and the vice versa he has me bounding in his room you know in his office when he's already busy and then he's like well that's a great idea but who do you think's going to implement all that because he knows you know they right. will probably have to implement it right so but once we are able to see those two sides, and again honor what we both are bringing to the table, there's a lot more space for that communication. Right. And he gets the value of the ideas, and I get the value of what he brings, and why we've been able to build a, a successful company in the in since 2008 is because of, of the skill set that he brought. So I think it's really honoring what you're bringing and getting very clear what those roles are and helping um, connect the two as quickly as possible versus trying to step on each other's toes or one each other up or trying to do the same tasks. I think you really need to get really clear on what the roles are and where, you, right. where you're where you
2: best at. That's right. And focus there. Yeah. Um, what, as a visionary, if, if that's, you know, naturally who you are, um, we often get stuck in our own minds with lots of ideas and lots of enthusiasm and perhaps being spontaneous, right, <laughs> yes. Expulsive. compulsive. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me how, what, what are your tricks, I'll say, or the tools that you use to get out of your own head and really go with your, we'll say spirit, we'll use the word spirit. Everyone has a different word for, mm-hmm. you know, who they are outside of their, their mind. Um, what are some of those tricks that you use to bring you back to focus? Mm-hmm when you're getting distracted with, you know, the nonsense of
0: the world. Yeah, exactly. And and I'll put it under the the realm of stress because even as a visionary, sometimes I will have so many ideas coming in at me. It's stressful because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god, how am I going to get all done? And right. you know. So there, there's this quick energy almost like in my chest that I feel. So I, I call it stress. And I think one of the things, and I'm you know, work in progress. Not saying I have it handled by any yeah. means, but it's really being able to focus in the now. So another uh, book and uh, um, is Eckhart Tolle as an author. I love him. He's a spiritual mentor. Someone
2: else mentioned him to me. I have yet to read. Yeah,
0: cause... he's got a book, and it's wonderful on audio because it's called The Power of Now. And the way he reads it is just little snippets that you can be listening to when you're in the car, and then it, like, ends, and you can just, like, pause it. You know, it's very easy to listen to if you don't have time to read. Um, but it's really about that all of our stress, and, and when we're not present, either in the moment or whatever's going on with us, it's because we're either worried about the past. And something that didn't go right and we're concerned about it or we're worried about the future. But we're not in the now. So when I do get stressed, I just try to say, okay, let me just close my eyes. Like right now, all that's happening is I'm sitting in my chair, you know, with a candle burning in front of me or something, you know, or yes. just closing my eyes, all I'm doing right now is breathing and just getting really present, to All the mind chatter, like you said, to get out of my head is just to realize that that's all the conversation and that's all either past or future, and all I have is right now. And then that helps me just ground myself for a minute and say, okay, so what do I want to do right now?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so really you, you're you know it, you're aware of it, so you just remind yourself, and you're yeah. able to more quickly, I would say, Get back to the present, like right now. Mm-hmm. You're on the radio. We're doing yes. a live radio show, right. and you're not thinking about a client or right. What, exactly, what, I'm not thinking what about, you have about the to do drive tomorrow home. or the drive home. Right, I'm yeah. really
0: present with you in this moment. So, yeah. and it's so it's a great. Um, muscle to build in just you know relationships with people, with your team, with your employees, or just with your spouse. Mm-hmm. is just saying, okay, wait a minute, I'm I'm my mind's going crazy right now. I'm just going to be here with them yeah. and be over there with them.
2: Yeah. yeah, I I used to joke about the fact that thinking about meditation and being in the moment, um, I d- I don't have enough time to to work on it, so it would stress me out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too stressed. I'm to stressed to meditate. over the fact that I have no time to meditate. <laughs> But I think that you're right. We all, we're all a work in progress, and some days we do it really well, yes. and we're flowing through our day. Mm-hmm. Um, and other days, if we get off track, it's okay. Yes. It's okay. I don't, want, I don't want women especially to worry about the fact that they're not being present enough.
0: No, right? exactly. That defeats
2: the whole purpose. Exactly.
0: Right? Well, and there's things when I mean, we get back to an environment that you can do, even in your office, you, know, you could have a nice candle that smells really good, and, and when you're feeling really stressed, maybe you light it and just have that nice smell come into the room for a minute or... Um, you know, you don't have to meditate. That you know, That's Some people right. get really stressed out. I don't know how to meditate and I can't That's quiet right. my mind. So right. it could be something else. Or you put on a soft music. Music is very healing and can really kind of help calm your mind if you put on the right music.
2: That's <laughs> right. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> with a pounding beat or right, anything. Right, right.
0: Um, but so there's some tools and tricks that you can put into your environment that can help uh, manage your stress as well.
2: Yeah. Uh, listen, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I really want to get into your business and your company and what you do for clients and how you do it okay great we'll be right back
0: there are 365 days to schedule a mammogram today is as good as any holy redeemer breast care makes it easy we offer the latest technology like 3d mammography and automated breast ultrasound ...that help find cancers in dense breast tissue. Plus, our same-day readings mean same-day peace of mind. Make today the day you schedule a mammogram. It's easy to request an appointment online at holyredeemer.com slash mammogram. Since
2: 1858, Mount St. Joseph Academy has been educating girls to be leaders, founders, and independent thinkers. Students are taught to be collaborative, courageous, compassionate, confident, and spiritual. I'm Jocelyn Ewart,
1: Founding Principal of Entrust Financial in Wayne, Pennsylvania, and it is my pleasure to share financial tips with you during my monthly segment on Women to Watch. I hope you are a regular listener like I am and that you are finding the personal finance tips I provide helpful. Some of the topics we have discussed so far this year are how to get organized, how to help your children learn good money habits, How to create that all-important travel budget, and what steps are needed as you prepare for retirement. Now I have truly exciting news for you, news you can share with your family and friends. As a veteran certified financial planner professional, I just published my first book, Balancing Act, Wealth Management Straight Talk for Women. It is filled with inspiring real case studies to help you and other women move past fear, build confidence, and make the right decisions without financial concerns. Just go to Amazon.com to purchase your copy. And please, write a review for Balancing Act Wealth Management
2: Straight Talk for Women. I look forward to reading it. Welcome back, everyone, to another week of Women to Watch here on WWDB, Talk 860, and womentowatch.net. I have with me in the studio today, Mina Fees, and she is the founder and CEO of Synergy Design and Construction, and they're out of um, Virginia, Northern Virginia. What's the name of the town? Reston. Reston. Mm-hmm. I had not heard of that before. Mm-hmm. Um, so- Let's talk about what a certified practitioner of interior alignment is. Okay. What, what is the definition of that?
0: <laughs> so, um, I'm actually, so the definition of interior alignment is really, it, it gets its roots from feng shui. So, if you've ever heard of feng shui, mm-hmm. it's really about managing the energy of spaces, of people, of everything. So, uh, to give you a little history of how I even found interior alignment, is um, about four or five years into our business, I went to a networking event and I won a door prize for a feng shui consultation. And as I, um, we had the person come out to our house, we were still ha- uh, working, having our business out of our home, so we had about four employees plus Mark and I. So she told me to move my couch and whatever, you know. And then she saw um, the loft where we had our business, and she said, oh, well, I should feng shui that. So anyway, fast forward a long story. Uh, I was sitting in the wrong seat. I was like had my back facing to everybody and was looking out the window, and, and I had somebody else sitting in the what she called the power seat. You know, So she said, you really should be sitting there to welcome the new business energetically and all of this. So I was like, okay, well, I'll try what she said. And it was as soon as I sat down behind that chair, I felt it. I felt just more in control. There was something that shifted for me, but more importantly, our business shifted. Like the phone started ringing with more ideal clients, like things. We really started getting some momentum, and it was a turning point for our company. Wow. So fast forward, I was like, there's something to this. I need to look into this feng shui thing and um, did some research and a lot of corporations, Whole Foods and Motorola, and Disney. And I mean, a lot of companies, a lot of famous people, a lot of people use feng shui principles. So I went about trying to find out how to get trained into this and I and I ran into this woman who um, – It's kind of a spiritual teacher, actually. Her name is Denise Lin, and she created this training called Interior Alignment. So it's using feng shui principles. There's a lot of different ways to be trained in feng shui. And so I call interior alignment kind of feng shui light. (laughs) So you're not really using a compass, and you're not getting into a lot of the technical pieces that can be um, scary for people around feng shui. It's really about how intuitive... Uh, how to align your space intuitively so that it matches up um, with your own energetic needs and your own family's energetic needs. Mm. So uh, it was a year-long training and um, and, and it culminated in a year of uh, hands-on. I had case studies. Like it was a really, it was intense. It must have
2: been a fa- no fascinating though. Oh, I mean, it, I it's loved such an it. interesting topic. Yes. What, what it. does it? I'm one of those people that's constantly changing things and moving them around. Mm-hmm. And of course, my husband says, "Why are you putting that chair over there? We had it over here <laughs> ten times." Your, what did, I, I just what does that say about me that I'm constantly trying to make everything feel the, you know, the right way? Yeah. Well, I would say, and it's funny because that's
0: how my grandmother was. That's how I have been. I love to just shift the energy. So I think at some point, we just feel like we need a change. And mm-hmm. it could be mental. It could be just what's going on at work or home or whatever it is. So you're just like, you know what? Let's, let's try this over there. Shake things up. Sh- shake things up. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a good example of that intuitive interior alignment. You're like, you know what? I'm just going to shift things around, not like, okay, this is... Is the only way this living room can ever be placed and I'm stuck with it because of some really strong feng shui rule or whatever <laughs> you're intuitively saying hey let's shake some things up and see how it feels this way and you might do it for a few weeks and say you know what I liked it the way it
1: was right before. right which you has know? happened
2: yeah, I can only imagine <laughs> which has happened <laughs> yeah so what do you say to, to skeptics that I know there's people out there that just don't believe in the feng shui or mm-hmm. you know what do you, what do you say to those folks
0: I just say you know whatever resonates with you it's all about feeling good in your space so if you you know if that's not your thing then the, then it's it's not like it's something that they have to believe in or, or any philosophy it's there it's been around for over 5,000 years it originated over uh, in China you know years and years ago so there's a lot of quote unquote what somebody might call evidence for it but mm-hmm. it's not something that needs to be shoved down somebody's throat if that's not something there for them and they're more logical and practical in their mindset and that that's not something that resonates with them, that's fine. So I don't... There's plenty of
2: people that are interested in it and do believe it, you know, to speak for clients.
0: Exactly. And a lot of times when those people... There's pieces of it, so that person might intuitively know. Well, I do have a lot of like stuff on my desk and piles, and you know, you know what? I, if anything, I should probably just organize things. So, mm-hmm. and again, that's just a piece of it. And so it is a piece of feng shui, even you don't need to label it, but clearing out, making sure that there's room for the energy to flow in your space. I think most people intuitively know that that's what uh, makes them feel better.
2: Yeah, I noticed. I, I was I spent a lot of time on your website. There's beautiful photographs of some before and afters. The work that you've done, really it's just beautiful and I notice a lot of white Mm -hmm. a lot of white Mm -hmm. in the before and afters would you say that's kind of a a a single way to create as you say space for energy to flow is to bring in those that light color I think so it
0: really depends on so it just it tends to be a trend right now. I think people are looking to lighten up just energetically mm-hmm. in the world. You know, I think they're looking at how do we let go of things? How do we brighten things up? How do we not feel so heavy? Sometimes the mm-hmm. world and our, our, like I said, our stress levels, what things are coming at us can make us feel a little heavy. So I'm noticing that a lot of our clients, you know, when they they are like, I know I want white cabinets. It doesn't have to be bright white, like hospital white, but a lighter color and they want to lighten things up. It's really being driven by not only our clients, but just the trends we're seeing and then having pops of color that can be changed because white can be neutral or grays can be really neutral where you can add a pop of color with your backsplash or your countertops or the wall color that can easily be changed. But that dark, um, Dark wood and everything has seemed to, to kind of go by the wayside. I think it got a little heavy for people.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask you what are the trends for 2016, and do you even follow the trends, or do you <laughs> create your own trends?
0: You um, know, I mean, I certainly pay attention to them. Um, but uh, trends can move so quickly. For me, it's really—I mean, we do a very thorough analysis when we sit down with a client of, you know, what are they looking to shift in their life? We go—we go deep with the ones that want to go deep with us, um, and really, how do we incorporate? Um, kind of their own style. So if somebody is more of the, the modern contemporary feel, but yet they still want to feel warm and homey, you know, we're not gonna go super contemporary on them, we're gonna say, how do we bring in kind of the outside in and bring some materials and uh, different textures and, and things to the space? So uh, we pay attention to the trends, but really it's a personal experience of what does that person feel good? You know, and sometimes, you know, although we don't do a lot of traditional work, sometimes people come and they just, they really love that traditional, you know, we live in Northern Virginia, so there's a lot of that, um, that architecture, out there. So if they, if that's really what makes them feel good and feel at home and feel safe and secure, then we help make that happen.
2: Yeah. Don't you, I I always felt that color is, is such a big part of, you know, what makes somebody feel good or bad. Right. And, and we learn, um, when we're younger about, you know, I think green is, is a peaceful color or, or a calming color. And then there's color, you know, red is for, um, energy and yeah. Yeah. So is, is that a place you start with a client? Let's talk about when you get a brand new client. What's the very what's the process? What's what's the first step, and and what do you do with them? And mm-hmm. and is color one? Of, I mean, I would imagine it's one of the main points.
0: It certainly is. So um, so there's a couple things when we work with our clients um, because we are a design build firm. We we start with a preliminary design phase, really being able to delve into how do we get there thoughts and ideas and our thoughts and ideas onto paper so that we can really help them create the energy and the flow of how the floor plan is going to work. And we're also showing them 3D images so they can really get a good sense of what's it going to look like and feel oh, like with that... Wi- yeah, that, that's a great tool. Yeah, with that wall opened up and, mm-hmm. and you know, the light coming in. So yeah. really giving them that visual. And so very early on, we are talking a little bit about colors because we can put colors in those 3Ds, you know. Mm-hmm. And we're also looking through their house as we're walking around. Do they like bold colors? Do we already see that. We, are, we have a very um, in-depth interview that we go through with them to see what colors resonate. And it is, do you like cool? Do you like warm? So yes, very early on, we're thinking through those things. Um, and then as we move further into the design process, we really start with a ground up. So I always start with, what are the floors? You know, are they hardwood? Are they uh, a tile? Because that's really the base of everything. And then you want the cabinets to be sitting on the floor, so you want there to be a nice contrast between the cabinetry. I'm talking as if it's the kitchen. We do all kinds of things, but right. it's easy is to kind of wrap your brain around you know the cabinetry you don't want it to be a a medium tone floor and then a medium tone cabinetry you want to have some contrast so that you really can have that the cabinets stand out of it um and then you go to the countertops and the backsplash and so you kind of work your way up from from the base on up that's
2: interesting to know it's that you know just is that a general thing in design to kind of work work from the floor up or Um, is that just i i
0: i I think so, yeah. but uh, I would say that it's just it's the way that we like works. to work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it works
2: <laughs> for the flow and the energy. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> um, tell me if there was someone in your life that that has been a mentor for you.
0: Mm. So yeah, very early on, she. Um, so first of all, my grandmother. I mean, just, you know. when is she
2: still with you? No,
0: okay. she passed uh, six years ago now. I can't okay. believe how quickly it goes by.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but so she was certainly a mentor, just how she, how kind she was and how she brought our family together and, and just was really a safe space for me. Now, as far as a woman leadership, very early on. So I took an unusual path, I think, because of my upbringing. I didn't go to college. I started working when I was 15, and I just, you know, it was all about making a paycheck and kind of that survival mentality, I believe. So, you know, in my 20s, my one of my first jobs out of high school um, was working for a general or uh, uh, government contractor, and I worked for this HR um, person named Dottie Allen. And I remember I worked at the company before she came in, and then she came in and she just sat me down and she really got my value and my worth and she said, wait a minute, you're a you, your title's a floater secretary? She's like, that shouldn't be anybody's title. You know what? You're gonna be my assistant. <laughs> you're much better yeah. That. She's like, you're gonna be my assistant. She's like, how much do you make? And I told her, and she's like, nobody should make that. She gave me 5000 oh, like dollars raise right then. Wow. She's like, that's ridiculous. So wow. you work for me and this is and so it just really started of like seeing a powerful woman come into a large organization and really change things up. And she hired people with disabilities um, to work in the mail room and be you know so she just it was very inclusive, and I really saw how she didn't care what other people thought she was really bringing her skill set and her power to the position, yeah, I'm not saying she didn't take people's thoughts into consideration, so it wasn't mm-hmm. that, but it was just really I saw a powerful woman very early on in my career and said wow you know you, can, she, you can yeah you I, can do that and also have a soft side as well
2: and she saw something in you yes right how how powerful is that yeah. when somebody believes in you yeah. and often it's just that little nudge that helps you realize i can i can yes. do what i've been dreaming of doing yeah and i think it is it, it's different when a woman is your advocate mm-hmm. than a, and a man mm-hmm. is your advocate there's a different type of um, response I yes. would say yes you know we talk about that a lot on the show women helping women and it, yes. it's all over the news we have to support each other but it really can be a powerful uh, it helps you move into action when a woman sees your gifts and your abilities and says you, you know you're better than that
0: exactly well we're so hard on ourselves we're talking about our headspace earlier you mm-hmm. know we're all, you know so when you see somebody else kind of call you into being bigger than you even think is possible like that's how we do help and support each other you know Mm -hmm. we don't tend to walk around saying okay i've got it all together in our minds we're like oh my god i hope they don't find me out
2: that's called (laughs) imposter syndrome we talk about that right we're all doing that we're all walking around with big smiles and everything's great everything's fine (laughs) right and it's not yeah and so that's why i think um admitting that is, is a really wonderful thing to yeah. do for someone else that you're in front of exactly I exactly. really don't have it all together no. you know yeah yeah um tell me what was the most difficult part of starting a business from scratch <sighs> well there were probably a lot of difficult things but I would say from the onset what was the the toughest thing to um, and it might have just been you know legalizing the business right or you <laughs> mm-hmm. know you had all the the um the passion and, and energy for what you were going to do, but from a ver- from a business standpoint, what was the most challenging?
0: I think for us, it was really making sure that um, well, not making sure. So what's coming to me to share is. So, you know, when we started the business, you know, my husband, who's, who's like I said, very left brain, so we created this really great business plan, and it was like, you know, we had all the spreadsheet. charts, spreadsheet, <laughs> and, you know, the, uh, when we're going to pay ourselves, and it's going to be in a few months, you know, four months after we start, and I'm like, I don't know if we're going to be able to, you know, if it's going to, he's like, well, then we shouldn't start the, you know, so this whole That's conversation. Lofty.
2: four months after we're going to have <laughs> revenue, wow.
0: Yeah, so yeah. needless to say, it was a long time after, you know, so we, I guess when, I, when you say when, um, one of the most difficult things was us really personally sacrificing our time our energy and our lifestyle you know it's not not like we ever lived a lavish lifestyle but being careful about going out and really um not doing the things that we wanted to personally because we both were in the business and both making the sacrifice at the same time we you know we got married like i said we started the business and we didn't take a vacation for five years Mm. You know, and you know, uh, I know. Va- course, I know yeah. vacations are a luxury, and and that some people might hear that in a particular way, but it's you know for uh, you know us connecting. We just got married, we had the honeymoon, and then that was it for five years. So it was just really nose to the grindstone, kind of headed into the wind type of thing. Mm-hmm. So not really connecting on that level and being able to. Um, it took us very early on that we needed to. We realized that we needed to separate our business from our personal, so we couldn't come home and be like, "Okay, did you get back to that person?" You're right, yes. more about to go to sleep. It's like, okay, right. no email after eight o'clock. Let's just, you that know, must have been hard, connect though. with yeah. each other. Yeah, right. that right. was. it was For, a balance. Yeah,
2: <laughs> really, because mm-hmm. it, um, I, any entrepreneur they have their business on their mind twenty four seven anyway. Yes. So if you're partner is you know doing it with you along for the ride it must have been hard nope we're not talking business today. yeah you know, we had to create
0: good. parameters and it took us a while to figure that out and we said wait a minute let's let's here's a few rules you know we, yeah. we and we support each other we're like oh are you checking email oh no you're right i forgot okay and, and just <laughs> put that like, phone down yeah let's just be with each other be present be in the now right,
2: right. my gosh <laughs> full circle <laughs> right exactly practice what you preach yes right? yes um i want to we uh, during the break you mentioned something to me that you're implementing into the company. It's mm-hmm. called renovate or will be renovation roadmap. Mm-hmm. Um, tell the listeners about that and, and uh, what it's going to be providing for for clients.
0: Yeah, so we. So we, our process that we've called, uh, created is called the renovation roadmap. That's the, the roadmap that we take our clients on from beginning to end, from when we first meet them, we help them design it, we manage the, the entire construction and all the way through. So, you know, we created a system, a methodical project management system, essentially. And then I realized a couple of years ago, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, we can only help. 25, 30 people a year in our own geographic location, what if somebody in California or Canada or anywhere wants to renovate their home? Like I said earlier, so many people are so afraid of contractors, and all you hear are these renovation nightmares. So people just, you know, white knuckle through it, you know, trying mm-hmm. to get through it. They feel like they're going to be taken advantage of it. And part of it's just there's this mystery, like what happens after what? And so, Anyway, our renovation roadmap, we decided to go ahead and turn that into a product so that somebody outside of our geographic location or that wants to get started right way, or maybe they already have a contract, or maybe they want to DIY it. So um, it's just our system in a... Um, it's funny, it started as kind of a three ring binder, kind of like a wedding planner for renovations. Yeah. yeah. Um, but right now we're actually turning it into an online platform. And it's going to be very dynamic with um, online streaming. I'm going to be doing videos and oh, great. really, you know, there's a community. Yeah, absolutely. Great. So it's just really this hub where anybody can go on and have everything that they need to tell, help them be a partner with their contractor versus being afraid to be a victim of them.
2: Now, that's going to take time, right, Mm -hmm. from – take time on your part away from the other work that you do. Are you looking to kind of uh, build a team to to kind of help you with that, the online stuff?
0: Yeah, exactly, and we already are. We're in development of it right now, so we have um, a couple – Developers right now that are doing the back end and the, and the design piece of it. So, I'm right now in the middle of it. We're actually going to launch the end of February, so we're getting really close, it's starting to come together. It's Good. very exciting.
2: Great. How about advertisers and sponsors? Are they going to be working a on that? Yes, absolutely. But, yeah. There's going
0: to be some sponsorship opportunities, and I'm going to be ho- uh, launching it at uh, the end of February in our own area. There's a Capital Home Show, um, so I'll be speaking and launching it there, but then we're also going to be traveling to Cincinnati and launching it at their home show and, and see if we can do a fall tour as well so just getting the word out so homeowners know that it's a resource there for them that they can really um really empower them and not be afraid of the process and actually have like i said have fun renovating our tagline is renovate happy it's actually our website you You know know, renovatehappy.com because people think it's an oxymoron like you can't do it it should be fun
2: you know what (laughs) my husband and i we built our home and i remember when we were planning it we made an agreement with each other we said We are going to enjoy this because we had witnessed friends going through, you know, building or renovation and it was the entire thing was stressful. So we made a pact. We said we it will be fun no matter what. Good for you. I mean, there's Uh, moments when things don't go right. But you're you're absolutely right. There's no reason it can. It should be an enjoyable process, yeah. you know? It,
0: and I think if you know what's coming next, that's when it can be enjoyable. And when you really know what questions to ask, or you have a checklist and you're prepared for that next meeting. And you just, like I said, taking that mystery out, I think is where people get, they, they, you feel like you're putting your hands in the contract room, like crossing your fingers. I hope yeah. they don't screw this up. You right, know? Right. And, and that's now awful. you don't yeah. have to feel that way because you actually have everything and you know uh, how to, how to go through it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Let's talk about women's leadership for for a few minutes you are a leader in in the field that you're in you Mm -hmm. certainly are and you're doing some great work and I always like to ask my guests what they feel you know the big dream is that the world will be a better place when we have more women leading and I just know it will be (laughs) um so (laughs) yeah what what are your feelings on that and what do you think that uh how do you see the world changing when we do in fact have you know kind of equal amounts of women and, and men working together across all fields,
0: yeah, well, I think you you hit it right on the head as far as working together because, like you said earlier it's not one is better than the other it's there's a different skill set, and there's a collaborative piece that women tend to be very community oriented How do we all um, come together as uh, to, to elevate uh, the things around us be Uh, our communities, our schools, or whatever it is that we're involved with. So when you bring that energy into more of a leadership role and you look at more of an inclusive and not a um, competitive advantage, I think you need to really have both sides. You need to have your eye on the business and have your eye on how you want to change the world from a competitive way. And you also need to have that, how do we bring everybody together at the same time? How can we help lift everyone up while also keeping uh, that balance of of the energy that needs to, to shift our planet? So I I think it's to, to answer your question, yes, the world would be a better place, but what that looks like is just a lot more um, collaboration between men and women in those fields as well and a real respect for that visionary side, like I said, and the integrator side. And regardless if it's male or female, it's everybody working together to really, to really... Can't we all get
2: along better? Yeah. <laughs> Can't we just all get along? <laughs> what do you think is the what, what do you think is the main thing that kind of holds women back? That that lack of confidence, the fear. What do you think? Or where does that come from? Yeah. Is it historic? you know circumstances yeah or... I think
0: it, I, I do think that there's a lot of past there of, of um, women you know being either chastised for their views or or they can come across too strong so they're going to be called you know, names for that or they're going to come across too soft or they might you know god forbid cry in a meeting or something because we're emotional beings and <laughs> so um, I think that a lot of women are afraid and are try- truly trying to find their voice and, and that's and I think it's also tapping into and to kind of go back because it was interesting when you said that to me is that I started a company and then didn't really get the, the deeper connection until later. Yeah. So I think as women just getting empowered and starting their businesses kind of. Um, being led in the direction that they're being led and then finding that voice of that bigger why or that deeper connection for them because mm-hmm. once you really get that then it's like all you want to do is spread it's like you saw a great movie and you just want to share it with everybody so yeah. once you really get who you are and find out what your voice and your unique contribution is to this world then you can help empower the women and, and men and everybody around you in seeing that vision come to, come to life
2: I love that because I think it's so tr- it's, it's kind of like just do it and then everything else will come. I think often we wait for the very right time and we wait for, you know, we're waiting for something just to (laughs) have it all together. And we never will have it all together, right? And so very often if you do, you just kind of dive in all kinds of things evolve after that, yes. right? Yeah, They
0: really do. Doors open up for you, yeah. you get a phone call, you get you, um, invited on your wonderful radio station, <laughs> Like you know, things right. start, a kismet uh, things start to come together and I think it's just really taking that action and the more that we can as uh, empower women to and it comes back to the homes, feeling managing their energy so that they have that energy to at least just take action, not be like I can't put one more thing on my plate, I can't worry about, you know, being the leader, or finding my a voice because I'm just too busy. How do, yeah. it, how do you help um, empower them a little bit more on the ground level so that they can then have the space to really find their voice and get out there?
2: Well, sometimes it's a matter of eliminating something else, exactly. right? It's not always taking something else on your plate. I think so many women need to say, no, thank no. you. Yes. Thanks for the invitation,
0: but no. It's true. Right? It's true. Yeah. I found my, I've, I've really had to do that in the last few years of just saying, you know what? I'm going to take myself off that committee. Uh, you know, we, yeah, we're women. Okay. We want to help everything. you That's know? right. You want to be the president of this or, on, the, you know, leading this. And you know you can do a great job, but your plate can get really full very fast. And then it kind of takes your eye off the ball of what you're here for. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, we just have a few minutes left. Yes. I want to know what, you know, we talked about imposter syndrome what is hard for you every day that you really have to to work on you know um we're going to go full circle back to the beginning i think that what you experienced as a young girl was was really difficult mm-hmm. and those kinds of things stay with us mm-hmm. and and may you know if that kind of uh, those memories trickle back to you Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you move past you know, the difficult um, emotional day-to-day stuff?
0: Yeah, I, so I don't want to oversimplifying it again by calling it stress, but I notice that I get very – I, I tend to not manage my energy, even though that's what I love to help other people do. Like you're always kind of teaching what you also need to learn. Yeah. So it's managing the energy throughout the day because I do have so many ideas and I do put so much on my plate that I can get really – Ungrounded um, and not feel centered, and then I feel like that loneliness, and maybe I eat too much for lunch, or I have to go have a snack. You know that that's you know when you talk about the the healing or the piece that I would say I'm still working on is how to manage my emotions and to manage that energy in a more healthy and impactful way. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing is like how, how to help calm myself down, get present to the now, and stop worrying like oh my god, this, everything's life or death and it's got to be perfect, you know, yeah, in that right? moment, but right. really just get Present to what i am I doing right now? Yeah. So it's, I I know that's kind of repetitive of what we talked about before, but that's really what I'm working that's on. I'll be doing. honest. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: and do do you agree that you know we'll never perfect it, no. so we never get to a place where I figured it out and no. now I'm just... no. Yeah. No.
0: And I think you 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 really pointed to it earlier. It's really being authentic and being not trying to wait until we have it all together or try to act like yes I've built this great you know and and just that facade that I'm fine facade when you actually. It's
2: exhausting. It takes a lot of energy. It does. Yeah. It's so much easier to be who we are. Yes. Um, Mina, thank you so much. I appreciate your coming in, and I love your story, and Mm. I wish you continued success. Give your website real quick. It's renovatehappy.com. Renovatehappy.com. Terrific. That's (laughs) it. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week, and be sure to visit our website at womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net. Have a great week.